You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Mission Matters Live, a program focused on promoting a spirit of mission among the people of God in the Archdiocese of Chicago. My name is Megan Mio, and I'm director of the Global Mission Office here, and our engineers this morning are Mike and Brian. You're listening to WNDZ 750 AM, and this is our new day and time. Now it's, I think, our third month at our new day and time. Uh, You'll hear Mission Matters on the second Wednesday of the month at 8 a.m. Central Time. This month we have with us Father Rodlin Rodrigue, who is the Associate Pastor at St. Raymond de Peña Fort in Mount Prospect. In addition to his pastoral work here in the Archdiocese, Father Rodlin is the President and Founder of Sapater Mission, which is the U.S. charity that grew out of Children Hispaniola, a Haitian-founded NGO, non-governmental organization. The Sapater mission focuses on providing the best possible academic, physical, and social education to the children of Hispaniola to achieve a slow-growing transformation from poverty to empowered and caring citizens of the island. Now, since its founding in 2008, Sapater Mission has been a participant of our Summer Mission Cooperation Plan appeals. And so Father Rodrigue uh, may have even visited your parish before to talk about it. Um, but as the, the founder and the president of Sapater Mission, we're very glad to have him here with us uh, on our show today. And uh, I thought it might be good for our listeners to hear about it for a couple of reasons. First, Father Rodrigue and I have been uh, in communication lately, and I wanted to share some of this good news about the work that he's doing. But you may have also heard in the news some bad things that are going on in Haiti as well. So it's really important that we hear, uh, this is an opportunity for us all to hear something really wonderful that's going on in Haiti and um, so we can have some hope and really see uh, the, the work, the gospel, the church working in Haiti right now. So we're very glad to have you with us. Thank you for joining us, Father Rodrigue. Well, thank you, Megan, for having me today on your show to talk about, about Haiti. Uh, as you have mentioned, um, you know, unfortunately, like, you know, uh, when it comes to Haiti, uh, it's always bad news. You know, either it's some, some hurricane and you know, cholera, uh, kidnappings, poverty, um, instability in the country. But in the midst of all of this, I always see hope. Um, I, I believe the, 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 the resilience of the people, um, that's what gives them all hope. And there are things happening in the country that gives hope to the people. Um, Sabatemission is one of, of them. Uh, we try to be there for the people, try to 
do our best with uh, our resources we have, try to um, you know, help them the way we can. But there are some other small organizations all also working in the, in the country um, sure. to lift uh, the people's spirit um, uh, when they are so down with all the bad news and uh, what's happening in the country. There's always, there's always hope um, in the midst of um, despair. Uh, in Haiti. And some of the greatest hope is in the people themselves, as you said. I think it sounds like we'll be talking more about it, but Saboteur Mission is about raising up future leaders, current leaders, future leaders um, in and from and with the people of Haiti. So um, mm-hmm. there's great hope in that. So sure. wonderful. We're so glad to have you here. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, you're associate pastor at St. Raymond uh, in Mount Prospect. Um but I happen to know, of course, people might might guess that you were born in Haiti. Um, so I just wanted to ask um, if you could tell us a little bit about your background. Tell us about yourself, please. Well, I, I was born uh, in Haiti in a small town called Serkakavajal. Uh, when I was there as a kid, I would say maybe, oh my gosh, it was a small town, maybe 200 people. Everybody knew, knew everybody. Um, I grew up in a... Not basically, I'm the only Catholic in my family. What happened? I was born in Hesh, mm-hmm. and a few months after, my my parents moved to Sakakavajal because they, they they found more work there. So my father just moved the entire family there. So my father was Episcopal, and my mom, so they got married in the Episcopal church. So when we got to Sakakavajal. There was no Episcopal church. There, there, there was a Catholic church, uh, a, a, a Protestant church, and a Seventh-day Adventist church. So the closest to, to their tradition, to the Episcopal tradition, was the Catholic church. So that's where I, I was baptized, and I did my first communion. I attended the Catholic school there. So when, when I was there, really, it, it was a small town out of nowhere. There was nothing there. We, we had no drinking water, no electricity, no, no, health, no health clinic, nothing. Mm. And out of nowhere, some uh, priests came from Belgium. So some missionaries came from Belgium, and then they, were, they, they came to my town, and they really transformed um, uh, the, the town into something, into something else. And... Um, and that's where really um, my vocation really came from, really, uh, by being raised in, uh, and uh, born and raised in Haiti and moved to that town with my, with my family. Mm. And you were exposed mm-hmm. to the Catholic Church. Yeah, um, yeah. Kind of out of necessity then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it sounds like exposed to missionary work um, as well. Yes, I, 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 for, for me, like being a priest... Uh, uh, that's the that's the image I had as a kid uh, with the priest coming from Belgium. Then uh, they, they transform our lives for the better. So in my mind, to be a priest, uh, you have to do that to go to a, to another place and, and then transform people's lives. And then that's what brought me to the to the priesthood to some extent. Ah, yeah. okay. So mm-hmm. now, of course, the obvious question: How did you wind up here? How did you wind up in Chicago? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I had some friends in Haiti uh, who were studying for my diocese. Uh, they, they knew about my vocation, but I never entered seminary in, in Haiti for whatever reason. After high school, after high school, I went to study uh, computer science, and after one year, I dropped out oh. because I, I needed to work to make some money. 
So I was in charge of managing a cyber cafe in Haiti. At, at that time, it was like a big deal. People, people were, you know, were coming to check their emails, making international calls. It was a big business in Haiti at that time, yeah. uh, cyber cafe. Okay. And then out of nowhere, one day I went to my office and I checked my email and I received an email from um, brother Dennis Newton in the U.S. And then he told me, uh, Wadren, I met so-and-so uh, in the U.S. He told me about your vocation to the priesthood. Uh, if you are still interested, uh, please contact me. He, he, he was one of the vocation directors for the Divine Word uh, missionaries. I, I believe they had the headquarters in Techni yeah. uh, in the north side. And at that time, my English wasn't too good, but I could understand and I could reply to him. And I replied. Um, we spent like one year in, communi in communication. Mm. And at the end, I submitted my application and I was accepted. Mm. And then on, on August, I think, 15, 2003, I traveled from Haiti all the way to Iowa because that's, that's where they, they, they have their college seminary. So I went there to start my, my philosophy there. But uh, something happened uh, when I was uh, in Iowa. Uh, I was sent to do my summer apostolate uh, at a parish in Dubuok. Dubuok um, uh, was like 15 minutes away from the seminary. And when I got to the parish, and then uh, there was no priest. It, it was a nun who was the administrator of the parish. And then I asked her, what's going on, why there's no pastor and you are the administrator. And then she explained to me how the, the, there was a lack of uh, vocation, not only in, uh, in Iowa, but in the entire country. Mm. And then that, you know, that you know, triggered something in my mind. I said, okay, do I need to become a divine word, missionary priest, mm -hmm. to oh. consider myself as a missionary? Because I already left my country to come here to learn a new language, a new culture. Mm -hmm. So by the very definition of the word, I'm already a missionary. Okay. And it took me it took me a year to to discern that and then to try to um, to make up my mind uh, which way I, I wanted to go. And then I decided to leave Divine Word. Um, so okay. my first choice as I was applying to join to join the diocese in the U.S. was Chicago. Uh, I came here. I met with Father Tom Condy, who was the vocation director for St. Joe's at that time in 2005. Mm -hmm. So I came here, and then we met, and then uh, everything worked out fine. Okay. And then, and then Chicago was my 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 choice, and I, I came here. I went to St. Joe's to finish my undergrad, and then Monday line, and ordained 2013, and then since then I've been in Chicago as a priest. Yeah. It's a world. A long, a, a long answer to your question. <laughs> no, I mean this is this is how discernment works, right? <laughs> it takes time. You go through stages. You don't know yeah, what the ending yeah, is going to yeah, be when yeah. you start this journey. You never know. You never know. You never know. <laughs> and I would yeah. agree with you that by definition, you are yeah. already a missionary. And I think yeah. sometimes uh, we in the U.S. Uh, I, I'll just be honest, we're hesitant to say that we are mission territory, but we absolutely yeah. are. Yeah, indeed, uh, indeed. And like you mentioned, there are many parishes <laughs> that, that do not have 
a priest or don't have enough priests for the ministries there. So we're very glad to have you. Mm-hmm. Glad that you're here. Now thank you're you. currently thank at thanks Saint, for having me. Of course, you're currently at Saint Raymond, mm-hmm. but have you been at other parishes prior? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my my first assignment was at Saint Benedict um, in Chicago. Okay. I was there for two years, and after that, uh, I made my way to Saint Francis Xavier in Wilmette. I was there for almost six years, so, and then my first six months, I was asked to become the administrator of June of Arc in Skokie, mm-hmm. and then from there, I made my way to um, St. Raymond um, last year. So mm-hmm. That's just not been mm-hmm. too long yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, one of my other thoughts, uh, beyond what I just mentioned about um, the U.S. being missionary territory, is that having folks like yourself, priests in particular, but also religious and, and immigrant communities too, in a way, mm-hmm. um, who have you know your home communities, uh, your in your case, of course, in Haiti, um, you can be really an advocate and and help us build relationships. Um, with communities outside the U.S. in a way that Mm -hmm. just a short-term visit like a mission appeal can't do it the same way. So um, this is another gift that you give us and to give your communities back in Haiti. Sorry, Um, Megan. I've been under the the weather with a cold and fever. So if I'm coughing, so sorry about that. Okay. No mm -hmm. problem. Thank God we're on Zoom. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But um, just my last thought was, you know, you travel back and forth to Haiti very often. And how how do you balance all that? Yeah, I, I I try to go to Haiti as often as possible, uh, at least twice a year, um, not only to visit um, family uh, and friends there, but also to do some um, some work with the mission. Uh, it's my time when I go there to have to meet with the staff uh, who are on the ground making things happening because I'm here. There there is no way I know uh, I will be able to. Um, to do what I'm doing in Sabater with without my my volunteers on the ground, okay. yeah. so when I go there, it's I'm not not that to show them support, but also to to catch up with what's going on with them, um, stuff like that. Yeah. But now because of technology as well, it's easier to have like you know WhatsApp uh, video call with many people, that really helps. But I try to go there as often as I, as I can, maybe twice or three times a year. Wow! Uh, and yeah. have you been able to go since the beginning of the pandemic? Uh, yes. I couldn't be, I, I didn't go during the pandemic, but as, as soon as, uh, I, people could travel, I, I, I made it, uh, to, to Haiti, uh, because I, I spent like more than a, more than a year away, yeah. uh, from Haiti during the, during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of folks have said that. Yeah. That yeah. They were waiting mm-hmm. for their opportunity to travel yeah. again. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be away from home, of yeah, course. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> all right. I, well, I, I, will, I, I will be going uh, in December after Christmas. So. Oh, you're going again. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, it's time for our first break, but we'll be back right. in just a moment to continue our conversation with Father Rodlin Rodrigue. Stay right there. Catholic Charities' 75th Annual Celebration of Giving is underway in support of those who are struggling to make ends meet every day. 
Individuals, families, colleagues, neighbors, parishioners, and friends purchase thousands of gifts and basic necessities to ensure Catholic Charities' clients and their families have a joyful Christmas morning. There are many ways to get involved, including online wish lists that make giving easier than ever before. If you can join us in this special Chicago Christmas tradition as volunteers and donors, please email us at cogcatholiccharities.net. That's cogcatholiccharities.net. Or call 312-655-7401 in Cook County and 847-782-4210 in Lake County. Thank you for helping us spread Christmas cheer this year throughout Cook and Lake Counties. say how can you spend your day with three-year-olds seeing the changes that they go through and just the journey and how they grow this is a very rewarding job even though at the end of the day we're not the highest paid people on earth and when I have a parent contact me and say my child loves school that to me I'm setting that foundation for their love of learning because really you are changing lives you are molding lives shape the next generation of leaders teach Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Catholic Charities has had the privilege of helping people in need in Cook and Lake County for more than 100 years. We would like to take this opportunity to thank our frontline workers who, despite the unprecedented challenges of the past two years, continue to excel at their jobs every day. From the warehouse staff members who pack boxes of nutritious foods for low-income seniors, to the dedicated WIC employees who have remained open for families with children under the age of five, to our volunteers and restaurant partners who ensure that meals are available for those experiencing hunger, to our service coordinators and our professional counselors who continue their vital work in innovative ways, to our food pantry staff and to all those who work at Catholic Charities Call Center, finding solutions for every person who reaches out to us for help. Charity is at the heart of all you do, and we salute you. Welcome back to Mission Matters Live. I am Megan Mio, Director of the Global Mission Office, and I'm here with Father Rodlin Rodrigue, who is President and Founder of Sapater Mission in Haiti. And we've been learning a little bit about Father Rodlin. Um, before the break, uh, Father Rodlin told us he's born in, in and around the area of Haish in Haiti, um, which is in the central region of the country. And then for everybody just to visualize Haiti, if you haven't already thought about it, Haiti is in the Caribbean Sea. It's on the island of Hispaniola, on the west end of the island, um, right next door to the Dominican Republic in the Caribbean. But um, So Father Rodlin, you founded um, a mission called Sapater Mission, which is named after the village in the area where um, the mission is functioning. Um, so I just was curious if you can tell us about um, that the location of the mission and then where you grew up, what's, what's the relationship there? How did you uh, decide to work in this area? And what's life like in Sapater? Oh, now we can't hear you. 
for some reason. Are you muted by chance? <laughs> I can see your mouth moving. Hello? Okay. Ah, now we can hear you. Okay. Um, <laughs> Go you ahead. know, I was, uh, I, I was lucky to be in Haiti uh, visiting. Um, and at that time, my brother was running for, for the city hall as okay. mayor. Okay. And then one morning, he was going to campaign in Sapater. He told me what I would do. I said, no, he said, do you mind coming with me to Sapater? I said, okay, fine, let's go. Okay. And I went with him to Sapate, and I got to Sapate and asked him, okay, we are here, where are the people? Because I don't see any, I don't see houses there. You, you see one small house here, one over there. Uh -huh. I said, to whom are you going to talk? Right. He said, don't worry, you're going to see him very, in, in a few minutes. And he was right. You know, after a while, you know, people come, you know, came through the woods, and then we got 200 people there listening to him talking. But I asked him, in the, the place where, where, where we were waiting for the people to come, it was like in like two small rooms, you no know, covered with, with iron sheet, no wall, just coconut tree mm. as the fence. I said, what is, what is this place? He said, well, this is the school for the area. I said, really? And then something came to my mind. I said, well, there is, there is opportunity there. Something needs to be done. Mm. Even that, what, what, on that under which we stood, where you know, was the school for the area, mm -hmm. that told me a lot about the leaders. Well, I don't know whoever well, was in charge to, to govern in the area. Mm -hmm. And then on my way home, I, I was asking him more questions about Zapata, and he was, he was telling me more what's going on there. Mm -hmm. And Zapata is just 15 minutes away from my from Hesh, from the houses, not mm -hmm. too far away from, 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 from my town where everything is better. So why those people are just not too far away are just the way they are? And then there, there was, there's nothing. There was no drinking water. There's no health clinic. There's nothing. I wonder how do those people live? Yeah. And then you know when I came to the U.S., um, you know I was I was trying to help the way I could uh, with my allowance money at Saint at Saint. Uh, uh, St. Joe's, I couldn't do more. I could send 50 bucks for my, for my brother to try to help a family, but that's what I could do. Mm -hmm. But um, when I was in Mondeline, I was sent to do my my um, my internship in Glenview at St. Catherine Laboué. So that's where I really met some people, and I, I, I told them about what's going on in Sapate, and then one of, the, one of them was a lawyer. He told me, oh, Father, I was, I was the father, he said, well, I can help you put something together to see if we can get some money to help you more uh, in Sapate. And then he put all the papers together, and then he sent them to the IRS. They approved us, and since then, Children uh, Española uh, has been working in Sapate. Okay. Um, it's it's really out of nowhere, uh, you know. I got involved with Zapata, and uh, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Now it's getting too much for me to some extent to keep it going, you know. It keeps growing. That's why, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's more and more. Mm -hmm. mm. So you you met some folks who you just shared that story with them about what yeah, you saw, yeah. and they said we want to help too. And so mm -hmm. you said that you put in papers. That means that you filed to become a, a registered charity. It, it, Is that right? It, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we so we filed, and then we be, we became we became um, a five one c three organizations. US. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then, so what is what you mentioned some of the, the aspects of life in Sapater, but tell us a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. You know, people there, when you go there, like, like, um, 
now when you go to Sapater, you see you see the school. Now there is drinking water. Uh, they have no they have no electricity even now. Mm. Uh, I just put a small solar system with an inver inverter with four batteries to give light to the to the school area during at night and during the day. But that's all. But the whole area. People are in the dark. Uh, people try to live their lives the way they can. Uh, they are farmers, uh, and, and farmers, it's not, it's not a, something you can rely on uh, in Haiti because because there is no rain, and people are cutting the trees to make charcoal. And the more they, they cut the trees, so the less rain they get. And and so when when, when they plant their, 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 their crops, if, 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 if the crops don't get doesn't don't get the, the the rain at the right time so therefore there's there's no harvest at the end so therefore that's you you that's a recipe for 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 famine and for for hunger and yeah. for poverty in the area um life is i couldn't say even simple it's un, un, unimaginable yeah. um again you know things that we take for granted here even like drinking a cup of coffee in the morning you know a piece of bread you know it's 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 a luxury mm. um mm -hmm. uh, for many people um uh, mm -hmm. not only in Sapater but uh, for uh, for the entire country yeah yeah so so when you founded the initially founded Sapater mission what was your original goal what was your first focus then <laughs> you know you know my my focus is um I think it's not too much to ask to for those kids in Sapater to have a, a, a normal school, mm -hmm. uh, to you know to get to you know the basic education uh, for them to, you know to become good citizens and to, um, you know to become leaders in their own community. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's too much to ask. And my 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 hope is one day is to have. Uh, it, it's true we have made progress, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. you know for where we came from with that small uh pavilion and now to to a, to, a, to a bigger pavilion but with with, with fans with concrete fans and you know with with doors and so on with benches mm -hmm. um you know we we just build uh a bathroom block uh you know you know it's one side for the for the girls one for the boys uh we have made progress but i think we have a long way to go my 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 hope is one day to have a, a good school that can um instead when there's a hurricane and uh we don't have to worry about that um uh, uh, stuff like that uh just, just the basic and it's, it's the basic for the kids so having a healthcare clinic in Zapata, i don't think that's too much to ask too for the for the people for the community no because no, we know that healthcare and and health issues can prevent children from going to school um or can prevent a family from being able to support themselves in any way um and sometimes they can be quite simple things. We know that. Um, but yeah, I think that your focus on the school is very interesting. I think you're definitely focusing on the youth then too, right? And and looking at these young people as uh, future leaders, as people who, um, with even just um, some some basic educational foundation, you know, can turn the community around. I, I read at the opening the, the sort of mission statement or the goal of Sabater Mission, mm -hmm. which is to slowly change that cycle of poverty. Um, and education is so key to that. Um, so that it sounds like that's been your major focus from the very beginning, but it's, it expands as it's um, as things become clear, you know, that there's another need for more. Um, 
which uh, is interesting. I mean, and I can understand that it's growing to a point where you feel like you might need some help too. Yeah, you know, it's, it's getting uh, financially. It's getting um, so it, it's more than I anticipated, and uh, it's like you know, you, they, you I, I can I can go backwards. I have to find ways to move forwards and to keep the mission going, and, and that's what I'm trying to do uh, to the best of my ability. Yeah, and being uh, the one, being the the one, not the only one, I'm sure, but the no. man, the priest who's in the U.S. You know, you've got these connections. You know, the people here. You know, people of goodwill with with big generous hearts and so um but it takes work i mean this isn't something that uh, just happens by itself for sure um, it does it does right okay we're going to talk a little bit more about what you've accomplished so far at the Sabater mission sure. in just a moment but we're sure. going to take our next break um we'll be back to continue our discussion with father rodlin to learn more about Sabater mission stay tuned Catholic Charities' 75th Annual Celebration of Giving is underway in support of those who are struggling to make ends meet every day. Individuals, families, colleagues, neighbors, parishioners, and friends purchase thousands of gifts and basic necessities to ensure Catholic Charities' clients and their families have a joyful Christmas morning. There are many ways to get involved, including online wish lists that make giving easier than ever before. If you can join us in this special Chicago Christmas tradition as volunteers and donors, please email us at cog at catholiccharities.net. That's cog at catholiccharities.net. Or call 312-655-7401 in Cook County and 847-782-4210 in Lake County. Thank you for helping us spread Christmas cheer this year throughout Cook and Lake Counties. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Catholic Chicago. 
Welcome back to Mission Matters Live. I am Megan Mio, Director of the Global Mission Office in the Archdiocese of Chicago. You're listening to WNDZ 750 AM. And I have with me Father Rodlin Rodrigue, Associate Pastor at St. Raymond de Peñafort and founder of Sapater Mission in Haiti. And Father Rodlin has been telling us about how he came to found Sapater Mission and uh, and that he, that he came to be working in this rural village of Sapater in the center of, of the Haitian nation. So um, you were telling us a little bit about um, what life is like in that area and how, and even you, you talked about how you decided to, to, to well, God decided really (laughs) that you would get involved but how you you saw and your heart was uh was pulled in the direction of this community of sapater um because you saw there was so much um potential there was there were needs and the community um could do so much more um with just a little bit of help so um and you mentioned of course that the school uh was key but i know i happen to know having looked at the website and um and heard from you about many things that you've accomplished so far including um uh, access to clean water electricity you mentioned uh for the school um safe outdoor bathrooms food and healthcare and of course uh the school itself um you 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 mentioned that what you found there was very very simple and so you've already managed to expand that um and it's a lot of work um so i just was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit more about some of the things you're most proud of accomplishing through sapater mission and and what effect this has had on the community there I, I, I would say uh, I think the school um, for me it's uh, it's my it's my priority. Uh, no, no, where where they were before to where they are now. Um, it's a lot of progress, and uh, you know I, I I've been there. You know I talk to the teachers and um, you know um, to the parents. So I've I've seen that you know, you know the joy. Um, uh, so they are grateful for the school we have. And and I do believe uh, education is the key, mm-hmm. uh, is the key to success. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think those kids um, having access to basic education, um, they can pave their own way in life. Uh, they can we can they can find their ways to some extent. And you know, like drinking water, uh, things that we take for granted, like to be able to drink water. Um, before my mission there, uh, people used to you know, go miles away uh, uh, to get some drinking water. Yeah. Now, because of my mission, uh, they have uh, pumps. You can just come and just pump the water. Uh, and then they can shower, they can cook. And, um, you know, even the bathroom which we just we, we just built, you know, it's, it, it's flushed by just using the same water mm-hmm. that we brought in the area. I think, I think I'm very proud of that, uh, just giving access to the basics, to even like drinking, drinking water. Yeah. Uh, um, so. And a lot of these things are interconnected, right? Because we were talking about yeah. a little bit about healthcare too. I seem to recall seeing on the website you had a mobile clinic working at one point. <laughs> Um, but, you know, if you don't have clean water, then you're likely to get sick from it. If you don't have good bathrooms, people are likely to get sick from not having e- proper sanitation. Exactly. Kids can't yeah. go to school if they're sick or if their parents yeah. are sick. Or yeah. You know, all these things are interconnected um, in a way, you know, you can't you can't focus on education if you're hungry. 
Um, you know, you, you're not developing properly. You're not growing um, as you should as for children. And I know I've seen on, on the website and the photos you've sent me, you know, that school supplies have been um, donated, that you've had wonderful meals, celebratory meals with the students and with the staff, too. The staff is the other big piece, right? Um yeah, yes, indeed, Megan. I and I, I have to say, you know, with the with the mission appeal I've, I've done in the Irish houses, whenever we we have chance to do it, mm-hmm. and that's what the mission appeal appeal has helped us to do is to provide meals. There's no way we can provide meals for the entire year. That would be like a lot of money to do so. But whenever we have some money, we try to do so because the kids come to school every day without breakfast, mm-hmm. without eating anything. So by eleven or noon. They just may, may, may be talking to them, but they, they aren't learning anything. Because when you are hungry, you yeah. can't learn. Right. I think for me, that my, my biggest problem in Sapade is to be able like, to provide um, meals every day for the kids. And uh, we are not there yet, but we are working on that to see what what's the best way uh, we can do that. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I also just want to comment, because I think, again, for American audiences, we don't think about this, um, but the electricity thing as well. Um, once the sun goes down, you can't do anything. If you don't have any light or if you don't have any safe light, you know, um, that, that that could really limit what the community is able to accomplish in the course of a day. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, I, I remember even myself as a kid, uh, yeah, in, in as a kid, whenever the, the, the sun went down, we went down because it, it was really, really dark. You know, whenever it is sure. dark in Haiti, it's really, really dark. So uh, it's the same for the people in, in Sapater. So by six, the latest seven, everybody is inside because they, they, are, they have no, no TV, they have, they have nothing. Even their cell phones, now many people have cell phones now, sure. and for them to charge them, they have to go to my town to charge, to charge it. Oh, my goodness, yeah. You see, so that, that's the way people are living in Zapata, in, you know, in this time and age, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, yeah, I was going to yeah. say that cell phones are more common, but if you don't have anywhere yeah. to charge it, that would become an yeah. issue. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Al, let's talk so, a little bit about your some of your future plans, too. Um, I think you mentioned, and uh, we've talked about it before, you know, your hope for building um, a school structure that's more permanent. Mm-hmm, Tell mm-hmm. us about that. Well, um, I think the, the plan that I have is uh, uh, I have in mind to, uh, to have a school where uh, the kids feel, like, secured, and we have good uh, um a good program not only like uh, education now the kids uh, have nothing to um, to do when they are in recess mm-hmm. the, we, we have we have no basketball court we have no soccer we have we have no, we have no playground we have we have sure. nothing yet then you can have a school where the kids have no um no leisure time so I, I picture a school where the kids have access to all those things and a school where there's a cafeteria where the kids are served uh, at least a hot meal, you know, each time they come to school, they don't, they don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, uh, what I'm gonna eat, mm-hmm. uh, uh, stuff like that. Just yeah. uh, an environment where they can grow and and and, and become the person you know they you know they, they are called to be. Uh, uh, and that's just the basic, I believe, uh, we can offer them uh, uh, in Sabate. Yeah, and you mentioned, of course, that sometimes the weather. Um can prevent the school from operating if, if the structure is very simple. But if you have something more permanent, then yeah. the students can still yeah. come in and learn even if there's rain. And 
And not only that, uh, my my teachers came all the way from Hesh to go to go to to teach in Sapater. <laughs> now, Megan, I want you to picture. Uh, it it is a mud uh, a road from once you leave the the, the highway coming from Hens when you make your way to Saba there, there's no pav- pavement. So you are, you are just uh, riding your, your, your motorcycle on dirt. Mm-hmm. Now, if there's a big rain overnight yeah. and then you have to go to teach in Saba there, you may not make it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even, your, even your, 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 your motorcycle will not make it. So you have to decide either not go or leave your motorcycles and try to make it on foot. <sighs> So, so this is the kind of challenges you know, we, we are facing to keep the mission going because sometimes the church cannot, cannot get there. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the mud is, is, is so deep, so they, they have to return and wait for a few days and to mm-hmm. see if it dried up and then to try to make it again. Totally. So, now, were you yeah. also thinking, this is, so the teachers are coming from outside, but this, the children yeah. would all live in that, in the local in the, region? In the area, yeah, right. in the woods. And, yeah. And about how many students are currently at the school? I think this year we have 130, 130 okay. students mm-hmm. uh, in the school. All different ages? Different ages, yeah, from from 6 all the way to to 14. Can you imagine a kid like 14 years old still in the classroom? You know, in 6th grade. Oh. That's the reality, yeah. Sure, yeah. Everybody's trying yeah. to catch up. Yeah. yeah. So your your goal is to have this uh, a new school building that will be uh, more complete. It'll include all these different aspects sure. of their their growth and education. Um, and then you are also hoping that that will also contain uh, solar power or solar panels. Correct. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what, what I'm what I'm thinking to have like a uh, a solar system that can help us. Uh, provide enough energy because some kids have never seen a television before they, they don't even know how to, what a movie is at least we we can organize like you know movie movie weekend myself can go there play a movie for them or um we they can use computers uh i, I just received I, I think 12 computers from 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 a company who, uh, who is closing down now I, I have to send them to haiti now i need to have energy for them to be able to use them. Um, yeah. You see, they, they have never seen a computer before. They have no idea what, what a computer is. Sure. So to, we, we have a lot of work uh, yeah. uh, to do. Wow. Well, yeah. and I'm sure you've already had a, a, a yeah. major impact. You said that the, the, the families are so proud. This is something that um, will have lasting impact. It will continue to. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Many generations to come. Indeed, indeed. I hope you no. Know, um, I won't be around forever. Hopefully, some some of those kids will become leaders and 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 keep it going. Uh, but a, a mission of that nature, uh, the way it happens, when, once the leader is gone, it tends to go down to die because uh, all the funding is coming from the outside. Right. Uh, yep. un- unless the Haitian government you know, will, will take it over, which, which I doubt. That, right. that's, the, that's the danger in their whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I think given the, the smaller size, uh, at least... Yeah. Initially, uh, although it's growing, of your yeah. of your mission project, I think you you have the all the kind of challenges mm-hmm. that these kind of mission projects um, 
often, I mean, I've heard this from other missionary leaders too, you know, that, well, one issue is related to the other issue. And if I fix that, then I get to fix uh-huh. the next thing and, da, da, da. and or where the funding comes from the outside. So once that ends, does that mean that the development ends? And um, so these are all kinds of things that, and even the environmental element too, you mentioned trees and, and burning and the rain and all that, like all of these things are interconnected and, you know, you, you do the best you can to meet a particular need or respond to a particular challenge. And um, Mm -hmm. it's never the whole story. It's, it's not, there's no magic bullet or there's no, you know, thing that can fix everything. So we really need to work together to come up with creative solutions and continue to inspire and encourage um, the local leaders, especially um, even though I know that there's there's still a lot of work to be done. So anyway, I just wanted to share that thought. <laughs> it's time for our last break, if you can believe it, but we'll be back really? in just a moment. We'll continue our discussion with Father Rodlin about Sapater Mission in Haiti. Stay tuned. Charity's 75th annual celebration of giving is underway in support of those who are struggling to make ends meet every day. Individuals, families, colleagues, neighbors, parishioners, and friends purchase thousands of gifts and basic necessities to ensure Catholic Charity's clients and their families have a joyful Christmas morning. There are many ways to get involved, including online wish lists that make giving easier than ever before. If you can join us in this special Chicago Christmas tradition as volunteers and donors, please email us at cog at catholiccharities.net. That's cog at catholiccharities.net. Or call 312-655-7401 in Cook County and 847-782-4210 in Lake County. Thank you for helping us spread Christmas cheer this year throughout Cook and Lake Counties. Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. Did you know that Catholic Charities accepts car donations? If you're ready to free up space in your garage and put a stop to all those expenses that go along with owning a car, we will gratefully accept your donation, whether the car is running or not. You choose a pickup time that is convenient for you, and we will make the donation as easy as possible free of charge. You'll receive a charitable donation receipt as well. 
We accept all types of vehicles nationwide, and you will know that your donation is made to Catholic Charities, an agency you can trust. To learn more about donating your car, call 877-786-4483. That's 877-786-4483. Thank you. Mission Matters Live. I am Megan Mio, Director of the Global Mission Office, and I'm speaking with Father Rodlin Rodrigue, who is the founder and president of Sapater Mission, which operates in central Haiti. The main focus of Sapater Mission is the care and education of children to become well-rounded future and current leaders in that community and in Haiti. Um, and Father Rodlin, you've been talking to us about um, the accomplishments so far uh, of Sapater Mission, uh, the, the changes and, and developments that have already taken place, as well as some of your future goals and um, awareness of some of those challenges that, that come with um, a mission that's growing. <laughs> it's a good challenge, but it's a challenge nonetheless. Something, of course, people who have vision um, you foresee. You also mentioned um, a couple of times those people who've worked with you, those who are donors, those who are volunteers, and the staff, of course, of the school itself, those who work with you on this. Um, and uh, I also want to just ask you, how can we get involved uh, in supporting Sapater Mission and learning more about it? So tell us, how can we learn more? Well, um... <laughs> Uh, the, the, the way to learn more is really is uh, it's through the websites because that's where we update um, whatever, whatever is going on in Sapater. You know, you, you're gonna find it on the websites and all the information. Um, and the how to help really it's uh, it's by donating to the mission by supporting us. And the the, the best way to do that is by uh, giving to uh, Children Hispaniola organization, which is a 501c3 in the U.S. Therefore. Okay. The donation will be tax deductible. Mm -hmm. um, because people can go go to the website and uh, they, they will find the address, and I think there will be ways to give on, on online too if they uh, if they choose to. Mm -hmm. so those are the ways to help out and to keep the mission uh, going and to know what's what's happening in Zapata. It's by following us on the website. Uh, and I saw a Facebook page. Are you updating that as well? <laughs> Facebook is not well updated, but I, I will be working on that and to okay. put more information there. People can follow. Sure. Yeah. Sometimes it's easier to do Facebook than a website. Yeah, you know, right? that's sure. Photos of what's going on there. But because we definitely uh -huh. did see some photos on the Facebook page too, they maybe they're a little bit. Okay, older. that's good. But, that's good. But no, I think um, just kind of hear about what new project is going on because I know that it it changes. It depends on what the needs are and what you're and, and what the donations are. make possible, I'm sure too. Sure, sure. Right? Um, so like, like 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 now we are we are working on on a Christmas uh, party for the kids. Um, so the staff is is working on it just to bring them some joy before the end of the year, stuff like that. So it's wonderful. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. folks. I mean, if you um, 
I'm sure if they want to learn more, they can look at the the Sabater website or the yeah Sabater Mission website, or I'm sure they can find you right at St. Raymond de Penafort if they have yes, questions. Yes, they, they, they know where to find me. They, they can they can call and or email email me, and I will I will get back to them uh, as soon as I can. Sure, because I know you have had yeah. donors. Um, who and now this was some years ago, I think probably, but some donors who have actually traveled with you to Haiti and, and seen the work. Is that correct? Yes, indeed. Uh, one of my friends, uh, one, of, yeah, one of the biggest uh, supporters financially, uh, Greg Kwam, uh, we went to Haiti in 2018. Um, he, he came back as a different person after visiting Haiti. Uh, mm. and, and he's a guy who's been to different, uh, many Latin American countries, but Haiti really got him That's in the heart. So he came back changed, yeah. I'm sure. Well, now, speaking of um, being changed by Haiti, I understand that you are the author of a book, um, which is a collection of Haitian proverbs, uh, along with some reflections about Haiti's past and um, how these proverbs and the values they articulate guide the life of Haitians today. Um, Mm -hmm. So and the book is called Haitian Proverbs, the cries of a nation through its culture. And I thought, you know, you, I'm sure you've had plenty of time, especially now uh, living here in the U.S., um, to reflect on, um, you know, your culture, your the, the people, the, the nation of Haiti and what it means to you. Um, and I wonder if you could just share with us some of this wisdom, some of these um, values that, that you put into this book. Well, you know, I, I think this book is is really uh, personal to me. It's, um, you know, I, I tried to do, there's no way, like, I could really, uh, you know, explain to 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 the people, you know, the, the richness of the Haitian culture, mm-hmm. uh, what we believe in as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a nation, as, as a people. I, I, I try, it was hard for me to select, you know, the 32 proverbs I've selected, but each one of them um, is meaningful, mm-hmm. not only to me, but to the Haitian people. I think one of them I, I like a lot is the one that says, uh, which means, you know, the stone in the water, doesn't know the pain uh, and the suffering uh, of the stone, which is on, uh, on the ground in the sun. Okay. Uh, and I, I love that prayer because, um, you know, even though things that we take for granted uh, in life, um, you know, being in the U.S. For, for, for such a long time, you know, you know, electricity, you know, food, you know, water, um, you know, just the basics uh, we take for granted. And those are luxury for uh, for people in Haiti, even to go to work and to come back safely, you know, um, mm-hmm. we take that for granted. You know, okay. to be able to drive your car, go anywhere, mm-hmm. without any any fear, and um, you know, it's not true for uh, for for many people uh, in Haiti. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this book, it's uh, it's a way uh, to not only to raise awareness about what's going in the in the country, about the strength and the resilience of the Asian people. Also a way to um, to promote the mission as well. That's why those are the two reasons I I, I put this book together. Uh, it's it's a good book. I I, I, I like it, and I uh, I don't know how many, how many times I've read it. Uh, and it's my I you know I have read it. I learned something new from my own work. Uh, uh, you know, for every proverb, um, uh, I, I I did a sketch from uh, uh, that that explained to my reader uh, what the proverb is going to talk about. So the the 
whole book is mine. Uh, it's it's a cool little book, and um, it's good to have one, Megan. I will I will send you one. It's it's a good book. It's Thank a good book. You. It's a good book. Well, yeah. you're speaking about God's people in that. You know, you're yeah. you're really trying to convey something that's very deep and and complex. Yeah. Uh, a people, a community. I, I encourage our listeners if you're not familiar, and I, I I'm limited in my knowledge of Haiti as well, so yeah. I got to look at that book. But um, mm. but the history of Haiti is something I think many Americans really need to look into um, and understand um, how things happen the way they do and, uh, and really how, um, you know, I mentioned complexity, the complexity of the it situation. Is. It is. And, um, it is. Um, it's never helpful to play the blame game, but, um, <laughs> but I think that the more we understand um, um, uh, people, the better, the more, we can be truly Christian and, and show a Christian love to others. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that is one of, I think, the big big lessons in being missionary as well, is to really listen and learn about a people. So, I mean, to have this book that you wrote, uh, you wrote from your heart and you wrote about your, your home community um, is one really great way, too, for folks to learn a little bit more about Haiti. And, um, and maybe they will uh, look into the website and maybe speak with you, Father Rodlin. We thank you very, very much for sharing all this information with us. Any final words? Any final thoughts for our listeners? Um, I I would say um, keep praying for Haiti. I think we need uh, prayers more more than ever before. Uh, but I, I really believe in the midst of despair. Um, as people of faith, we still um, believe there is hope. Um, Asian people are really uh, tough. They 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 know how to to cross the you know, the, the red the red sea. Yeah. Um, so keep us in our prayers and uh, support us if you can uh, the way the way you can because your support is very important uh, to keep the mission going. Yeah. Thank you. Prayer is very powerful, especially mm-hmm. during this time of Advent and Christmas. So. Absolutely. Keep the Haitian people in your prayers. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much for joining us, Father Rodlin. Thank you. For your leadership and collaboration for God's mission. You've given your whole self to this ministry and to God's people. We ask God to bless you and all those you work with at Sapater Mission. Let us pray at this Advent and always for a brighter future for the people of Haiti. May we share our hearts and our hope with our brothers and sisters as we work for justice and peace in our world. And thank you for listening. Remember, always be on mission. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.